And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Rates and Barrels. I'm sorry it is my voice and not the sweet dulcet tones of Derek Van Riper. Uh, I'm sure there'll be other moments when you'll notice non-smooth transitions uh, and a general blabbing of the mouth without Derek here to tell me to shut up. So uh, I apologize ahead of time for that, but I do not apologize for our guest today. Uh, really happy to have a longtime friend uh, and co-manager of our Devil's Rejects team, James Anderson from Rotowire on. Uh, how are you doing, James? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me, buddy. Um, I'm still uh, reveling in last night's Bucks win, but uh, this is, uh, is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy watching them. Giannis with the the blood streaming down his face, uh, just uh, taking every taking on the whole team. I love like you know those little like finger rolls over three people. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, but here on the baseball front, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the minor leagues. Uh, James does a great job uh, covering prospects, along other things. It's not just prospects, but. Uh, uh, we'll talk about uh, how uh, I'll finish first and he'll finish second in labor uh, this year. Uh, uh, maybe a little bit of that. Uh, we'll talk about some movers on his uh, rankings um, that that will be coming out shortly. Um, he does some really nice, really deep uh, dynasty rankings and prospect rankings um, that uh, will be useful. I think because you know this is an interesting thing. This is it's not on the rundown, but uh, let's talk about this because. Uh, we are in Devil's Rejects right now. We are like, uh, I think, somewhere around six, fifth or six, um, you know, depending on the day. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, there are other people who are in that sort of spot where it's fifth or six out of 20. So we're definitely, you know, among the contenders. Uh, but I think there are a lot of people who are in this spot where it's like, when do you make the decision to go for it and acquire or to, to start selling off. And there is probably some advantage to make that decision quicker in terms of what you might get on the market, you know, for your players. Uh, on the other hand, you might miss out on a run. So um, you can talk about within the context of our team or just generally like, you know, in your dynasty leagues, um, how much longer are you going to give it before you sell or definitively buy uh, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on sort of the dynasty format a little bit too. Uh, like I know DVR commissions the that Maki League, uh, or I think I think that's what it's called. But um, like it's it's a league where you can quickly rebuild via trades, um, and in, in those types of leagues, I think there is a ton to be gained by by uh, rebuilding. Uh, sooner than later is that uh, uh is that because of the is it something about the format or is it's, it the yeah, players, it's, it's, the it's, a, it's a contract league so it's like uh mm. you know you can only keep guys for so long uh mm. so that makes it easy to kind of um rebuild uh over the span of like a year or two uh but like in our league devil's rejects uh rebuilding i think in this league would take maybe four years there are guys in that league who have been rebuilding the whole time yeah. i've been there yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just like because it's it, you keep each team keeps twenty eight guys, per and there's year. no no limit, right? And the and it's just not a league where, um, like, obviously the the elite prospects have have a ton of value, but like having the sixtieth best prospect, or just having a bunch of prospects from like fifty to one fifty in this league just isn't that advantageous <clears throat> because each team's only keeping 28. And so um, I, I just think, uh, I mean, you obviously have to be realistic with your, yourself about just sort of how close you actually are. Uh, 
like the worst place to be usually is kind of in that that middle of the pack range in your league. A little bit um, where we are. It's a little bit tough. I mean, we're staring at Cody Bellinger being like, "Do you have another? Do you have another gear, please?" <laughs> yeah, we. I, I think we're just trying to like we have too many good uh, players who are in their primes to think about rebuilding because we just. Uh, like we're in striking distance and I mean this this league pays out I think what like one through five and yeah if we just if we can catch some breaks from a health standpoint uh like last year we were just uh we could not stay healthy at all and yeah um so I I just I think we gotta just keep uh keep fighting keep pushing uh but if we were like if we were in 12th place in this league uh you know, you'd have to look at the roster a little bit, but um, that's that's not where you want to be. I think you want to be. And, and if you are in that situation and, you know, you're below halfway, like now seems like an okay time to start, you know, talks, right? Like it seems like, you know, if you're in 12th now and you just, and you're looking at your team and you're like, oh, there's no, oh, this guy's been hurt or that guy's been out or whatever. And he's coming back. Like if there's no sort of narrative for you to follow, then I think it, it does make some sense. What's your favorite uh, kind of rebuilding strategy? Is it uh, you know quality, quantity? Uh, is there is there? Do you like to identify like one player? I remember at some point Ozzy Albies and Cody Bellinger were two prospects I just really wanted. I gave up a lot to get them, um, and it felt good at the time. It feels okay now, but uh, you know. Uh, I've also in that league, Tom Trudeau traded away like Paul Goldschmidt and Aaron Nola and somebody else for Ronald Acuna Jr. when he was like in high A. Uh, and I thought that was uh, insane, but you know, he gets the last laugh. Yeah, I, I 100% uh, quality over quantity on, on those types of trades where you're um, selling your old guys for young guys. Like you, you, trading for prospects, like the bus, I think people always in Dynasty underrate the bust rate of prospects that are kind of in that like 15 to 50 range. Like mm-hmm. they just think of these guys as like, Oh, well this guy's going to be good. And this guy's going to be good. And this guy's going to be good. Like realistically, if you have two prospects who are between like 15 and 30, one of them is going to bust at least. Uh, so really going for those, those high end guys uh, in those trades. And then I think there's a lot to be said for, being active on picking up these sort of under uh, hyped guys that are, that are possibly breaking out of the big league level on bad teams. Uh, if you stay active on waivers and you're focused more sort of on skills than role at the time, um, mm. just adding those guys that can help in a rebuild too. Yeah. So in a practical scenario, you might do that deal, um, you know, where you're giving up uh, a Goldschmidt Nola type, like you're giving up two or three um, uh, players and you might be giving up for one prospect. And, you know, uh, I don't know how much of your top five you want to give, but I think top fives are actually probably the easiest part of the rankings. Right. So who are your your top five right now? I mean, I I think like to me, if I were rebuilding uh, like Corbin Carroll would just be Mm-hmm. my dream target uh to sort of build around uh like i think he's kind of the next uh the next big thing really uh just kind of a perfect fantasy skill set uh 30 steel upside 25 to 30 homer upside uh really elite hit tool good on base skills mm. uh like the type of guy who could be just a perennial top five pick in fantasy and mm. Uh, you obviously would have to pay a ton to get him right now. Like I, nobody's sleeping on Corbin Carroll, but uh, he's the type of guy that I'm just extremely confident in. Yeah. So give up an old pitcher, an old bat, maybe a third piece, and get Corbin Carroll back. What's nice about that is you get those two roster spots and play yeah. with those two roster spots. You know, pick up, uh, uh, you know, pick up guys that don't don't have the shine. Um, you know, maybe like a Glenn Otto. You know, a young a young pitcher that you know could go on a tear that you know might look good in the pitching plus model. I don't know, um, but uh, or uh, who do you can you think of a like a young um, major leaguer that's sort of uh, that's sort of you know on the outside of a job right now, but uh, but uh, could to, could break out. Um, well, it's, it's kind of, 
you know, I mean, like, could you could you pick up like Edwin Rios? Is really that right? Um, yeah, like, probably not. I mean, I think this is the time of year where it depends on the depth all, of your league, of course. Yeah. All those guys have probably gotten scooped up already. Like, um, it is like a rough I, time. I, I love Clay Holmes like long term. Um, like he's like maybe my favorite reliever in baseball right now, but I think he's probably already been picked up in in dynasty leagues and stuff. So um, it, it's a t- like Owen Miller if you could have added him like first week of the season, um, like those types of guys. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, I wonder if there's some uh, some lurking on some bad teams here. Let's. Uh... I mean, like a brain a jury, you know, you know, could could yeah. bust out into a, a regular playing time. Um, I'll give you like a super like I don't even necessarily believe in this guy, but uh, Jack Sawinski with the Pirates, right? Um, someone who's just get like just someone who's getting run, like just yeah. you know, you can pick up the flavor of the month, you know, and you know, like if you picked up Sawinski and he turns into Schwindel. And I'm just saying that because of the letters in their name. <laughs> I don't know anything about Swinsky yet. But uh, and he turns into Schwindel, then maybe you have another piece to trade in the offseason. Uh, just because right. he's 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 busting to play now. And and for those of us, you know, those who are listening who are in, in more shallower uh dynasty leagues, uh, you know, I think like a Diego Castillo, you know, yes. or um, you know, Michael Chavis. Or, or here's uh like I, I like the Richie Palacios with the the Guardians a little bit. I think he uh-huh. just got sent back down. But um, like those those types of guys, like the guys that are right there, hanging around knocking on, yeah, knocking yeah. on the doorstep a little bit, uh, and maybe maybe you get lucky. Maybe there's a trade uh, in the Guardians, and and he gets a spot somehow out of it, or he gets traded. So yeah, uh, into that uh, sort of generally. But uh, then sort of you know specifically as you are you know how do you how do you make your your how are you you're doing an update right now like how what's the process for you it's uh looking through stats texting people like what's the yeah like i I, i've had a lot of people sort of reaching out like asking for like who are going to be the biggest risers like that type of thing uh that's what i'm gonna ask you (laughs) (laughs) well like it's it's very easy for me to say like who um you know, like which guys that are in my top like 150 now are going to be moving up like that part of it's easy, but I haven't even sat down and started kind of crafting the the rankings yet. I'm still like, I'm in this sort of period, I'm really just um, scouring for information Mm -hmm. on, you know, which guys are breaking out, like getting familiar with these guys. And then, um, probably starting on like Monday of next week, I will actually be, um, working on the actual rankings. Um, so I'm, I'm still sort of in, um, talk to people, watch video, um, look at stats mode on a lot of these guys, just getting myself familiar with them. And then I'll um, be kind of actually crafting the rankings, um, this upcoming week. So who, who are you hearing good things about? Um, well, like, you know, I, me- I mentioned the like, Corbin Carroll, but, um, like Jordan, Jordan Walker with the Cardinals is a guy that's, uh, I think like top 30 for me now, but might be top seven or eight on the update. Uh, he, he's kind of, he just looks like a phenom, um, got a super aggressive assignment to double a as a 19 year old and he's handled it better than I would have ever imagined. Uh, Robert Hassel and Michael Harris. And Walker, Walker's still playing. Is he playing short? Or third? Uh, I think he's playing third. Oh, he's he's um, playing third. Okay. I mean, there's, there's no chance he would end up at short if that is where he's playing right no, now. No, yeah, um, no, it's third. It's third. So yeah. what's, what's the, what, you know, do you ever think about, I mean, I guess you don't, you don't really care about that for your rankings, although they are sort of fantasy forward rankings, right? Yeah, but I do, I do care about defense a lot. Uh, but because, do you also care about like what's happening in the major league level? And uh, I mean, it's pe- like I think Gorman's people, a, is Gorman ahead of him? Not a, not as a prospect. He'll he'll get to the big leagues ahead of him, but he's okay. not as good of a prospect. Okay, um, like you like with a guy that's this sort of elite, um, you know, the type of guy that only comes around for a team every five or ten years. Like I just never care about uh, what's you blocking just them. They'll make a make room for them. 
at some point. Right. If it's a guy like like I love um like I love Jonathan Aranda and Curtis Mead in the Rays organization, but you know, betting on a Rays infielder to get regular playing time it's anytime just, soon <laughs> like like I, I don't like that that just really kind of um stings even, for the, their value right even Bruhan, right like just yeah you know he's up now and you still don't know how much he's gonna play <laughs> yeah they're just they've always got they always go like too deep at every position on the 40 man and um you, even when the guy's up they're playing like four or five days a week tops until they really really break out um unless it's a wonder franco type so um, Do you ever noticed? Con- yeah, what's that? Well, like the, the team, team context contents. matters for like that type of thing, right? I mean, like um, most you, teams, you don't have to worry about that. Do you notice? Um, like, do you ever like sort of notice uh, new positions they're playing in the minor leagues and sort of see that as a sign that they might be called up soon? Like, for example, let's say next year Jordan Walker's at Double A, and all of a sudden he's playing left field. Yeah, to- like, totally. Uh, you'd be like, "Whoa, that's 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 near. That's different." And if like a, a good example of that is, <clears throat> like if if Carlos Correa had never gotten injured, I was I was just going to be constantly keeping tabs on what position Royce Lewis was playing at AAA because he'd only been playing shortstop and he he can play everywhere. Right. So it's just a matter of like when did they when were they going to decide to start playing him at third it's base second or, or third yeah field. yeah so like um, that's something you're definitely always checking especially once the guy's at AAA and like Jordan Walker uh, kind of looks like a prototypical right fielder uh, in many ways and he's got a monster arm so like I, I could see that being a spot that he might end up um, so yeah that's that's definitely something to, to keep an eye on especially once guys get to AAA do you think that Royce Lewis will stay up? Uh, I think if he plays to his potential, uh, I think he will. But like, I think that they're they're probably very open with him about the fact that you know well, they got we'll see Korea. how this goes. Um, <laughs> you're obviously not going to be playing shortstop once Perea is healthy, but right. Like he's a, like Royce Lewis is a better player than Jose Miranda, and he's a better player than uh, Luis Arias. Arias yeah. Uh, so so like. If, if he hits and he's not just in a real funk at the plate when Correa gets activated, then I, I don't see why they would send him down in favor of players that aren't as good as him. But uh, I don't think they would mind sending him down at all if he was struggling. I was a little bit uh, – I, I, I had Miranda kind of in a different space in my head, I think. When I started looking at his minor league numbers again, yes, he has these like – eye-popping batting averages but it's mostly kind of a a low strikeout rate medium power approach which you know do you have opinions about like how certain skill sets uh poured over to the big leagues and and you know that like that what like how does that rank for you like a a kind of like a 12 percent strikeout rate 180 iso in the minor leagues kind of guy yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of what what type of trajectory are they on? Like, have they have they only recently sort of started getting the power? Um, Which, to be fair to Miranda, you know, the better power numbers are recent. Yeah, uh, my big question with Miranda is just like he's he's kind of in that Willie Calhoun uh, range as, of, of like a defender where. Oh. Um, there's just there's always going to be pressure on his bat, um, so like that that's where defense does really matter, especially if you're comparing like Miranda and Royce Lewis, where like Lewis is going to be a uh, really good defender at the positions other than shortstop. Um, like we we saw that in the Arizona Fall League a couple years ago, where he was just playing all over the place and looking really good. Um, Miranda, I, I think there's a sorry there's a there's a chance. Um, like you don't want to be playing Miranda at third, is what I'm hearing. No, like you want to play him at first base or DH. Like basically the Luis Arias problem. Like you don't want to be mm-hmm. playing him anywhere either. Uh, so, um, I think like Miranda had sort of earned the opportunity ahead of Lewis because of what he did last year, where he just kind of destroyed upper level pitching and had sort of put himself in this position, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lewis was way better than Miranda at AAA this year, and he's mm. a way better defender. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, it's it's. A, I think it's a really interesting team for me because I find Gio Urshela actually to be a mild buy low. Um, you know, he's got the best swing strike rate of his career, one of the better reach rates, uh, chase rates. Uh, you know, his barrel rate is one of the best better ones of his career. Like his strikeout rate is, you know, like it's it's all looks good except for you know the the, the batting average and the power. So I kind of think I would, if I were the Twins, I'd be running him out there a little bit longer, uh, especially since the glove is decent, but. Uh, you know, when you do have uh high end upside in terms of Royce Lewis and then, you know, Miranda, who, you know, might be a, a better bat than Urshela, then you kind of, you have these options and then they're kind of just right in front of you. <laughs> it must be a really difficult time to, uh, to make a decision there. Um, who are some other names that have popped out for you? Uh, so like there's, there's these three outfielders, uh, that, we're all top 100 guys and, and a couple of them are sort of top 30 guys coming into the year, but like Robert Hassel uh, with the Padres, Michael Harris with the Braves and Pete Crow Armstrong with the Cubs. Uh, they, they all kind of fit sort of the mold of prospect that I really gravitate towards where um, people maybe question the power a little bit but everything else is just off the charts and they're, they're getting to, to some power. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're, they're sort of those, those kind of five tooly sort of center field types mm-hmm. uh, where you just, the power might be the last thing to show up. Like I, I really like those guys and uh, they're all off to excellent starts. And I mean, Harris, uh, he's, he's the only one in the upper levels out of the three uh, Pete Crows at low A, Robert Hasselink's mm-hmm. at high A. Um, Harris is at double A, but uh, Atlanta really loves him and they're they've kind of gone out of their way to not block him long term um, so I think he'll be up uh, probably for man not all of next season yeah he could be up pretty soon especially since they've been running out some interesting center field options <laughs> yeah uh, I mean they've been playing Adam Duvall in center yeah um, they're they, they definitely have been going kind of the, the one year at a time veteran retread types uh, there. And, um, and they've been, the, you know, the buzz around Harris, you know, he's, you know, David Bryant's writing articles about him. And, and you know, yeah, there's he, like, he almost sounds like he's like almost on that untouchable list when, when oh, yeah. the, you know, trades and, come up and stuff. Yeah. Prospects that are as good as him in real life don't really get traded. Um, yeah. He, he's, uh, and I, I love him because he, you can just like look at the skill set, and it's just like, oh man, this guy is so good at everything. Uh, his worst thing is hitting for power, but even that, like, he rates well in terms of hard hit rate and stuff like that. And he's got the the two thirteen ISO as a twenty one year old at Double A, right? Um, and he just has like he's got the the exact sort of skill set that we all are chasing in, in fantasy. Yeah, would would he kind of maybe go on that Corbin Carroll list? Maybe like where you could you could make a big trade for 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 him. Yeah, like if you if he was the headliner for you and you were selling like a really good veteran big leaguer, like I think that's fine. Um, and he's he is better in batting average leagues than OBP leagues. Uh, yeah, I was looking. The patience is not not maybe you know elite but he's he's kind of he's a little uh, he's a little Tim Andersony um, mm. to me. Good contact, good power. 
you know, not necessarily going to to wait for his the number one pitch. You know, for what it's worth, I, I wrote this piece about swinging, and you know, we might be in the middle of a little bit of a sea change in the big league level, where you know, when you have a home run rate like you did in 2019, uh, it makes sense to do what you know Alex Bregman said, which is you know, I only swing at pitches I can homer on. But if the league is actually deadening the ball and that's going to stick around, then you actually want more Tim Anderson types because you want to shorten up. You want swinging. You want singles because you can't wait for that homer as much anymore. You need to kind of start stringing together some hits. So um, it's interesting to think sometimes about how these prospects interact with how the, you know, how the league is changing and what the league wants. Like if they ban the shift, you know, won't everybody want lefties? Yeah. Um, and actually that's, that's interesting that you, uh, what you said about like guys trying to hit for singles, because I've actually noticed in some of my research this year that it seems like a lot of even like the best hitting prospects in the minors have really upped their opposite field rate. Uh, so maybe they're just, a lot of teams are sort of teaching these guys like, you know, don't, don't be afraid to just, take a single when it's there on, on the outer corner. Mm. Um, so um, top of the plate, reduce the strikeout yeah. rate. That's interesting. Uh, but then how does that play with like, if they ban the shift and they're like, no, 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 no just pull it. Everything it's going to go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, if, so if, if there's a, if they ban the shift, aren't like, how are they going to do it so that guys aren't just moving as soon as the guy delivers the pitch? Like, wouldn't wouldn't infielders just be, like, kind of breaking in certain directions? Yeah, I think you could. I, I think that's there's going to be – there's gonna be, obviously going to be ways to game because you have an analyst, you have an R&D department. As soon as they create new rules, the R&D department goes around and tries to figure out how to, you know, subvert them, basically. Right. So I guess what I would do if I was – if I had to have two guys – on the left side of the infield, I would still have my second baseman in kind of as deep as he could be and close to first base as he could be. And my shortstop would be standing on the bag (laughs) or wherever he's allowed to be. And then he would break into that space, right? He would Mm -hmm. break into that space past the pitcher on the right side of the, of the bag. So yeah, be you can't, and then you can't legislate that. You can't be like, well, you can't go over there. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like I'm not allowed to be over there. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be that's that's fun. Um, also, uh, interesting in this trio of outfielders that you've mentioned is there. You know, Michael Harris. There's a kind of a distinct difference between Michael Harris and Pete Crow Armstrong in that they're the levels they're at. And you know, we at, at Devils Rejects in the past have. We've had, I, I, you gotta help me remember some of them because I've always fought, like whenever you come up with their name, I'm like, oh my God, these stats are amazing. Uh, Hedbert Perez was the one I remember uh, in A-Ball, but there've been others. So what are some of the other names that we picked oh, up that, that I should uh, pan out? I should dig up our trade history. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like, we've been trading them left and right. Basically, like we've... Uh, I don't think we've ever regretted trading a guy in the lower levels of the minors in this league. And, uh, you know, part of that is it's not like we're rostering these elite number one overall pick types and then trading them. Uh, we're, but we're, doing, we're, we're picking up pop-up guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a open. And that's the difference between Hedbert so. Perez and Pico Armstrong, right? Uh, well, well, kind of, yeah, I mean, Pico Armstrong was, um, really high pedigree draftee who basically missed all of last year, uh, with an injury, which is the only reason he's still at low A, but like, he's, Mm -hmm. he's going to be like, he should already be at high A probably, uh, that, that won't take very long, but, uh, like with Hedbert, um, it was like a lot of buzz from what he was doing and like the tricky league uh, where they weren't keeping stats and like what he was doing <laughs> and uh, big league spring training and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it just, it was one of those things where a very talented uh, player, very like gifted in certain ways as a hitter, but he's just been completely unable to make the normal adjustments that the, the best players make when they go to 
and that's able, just like so. that's the problem with, with i mean yes go like if you have those two roster spots after your trade you know maybe one of them can go to a, a pop-up guy in a complex league or in or in the dominican or somewhere that's just putting up some bonkers stats it's fine to do that uh but then don't i wouldn't hug that guy too hard you know like if it comes down to a choice about keeping you know and it's him or somebody with a little bit more pedigree like I think sometimes you trust the scouts and you trust the, the trust the rankings and don't worry about that guy who has a 420 batting average in, in the Dominican League or something, you know? Yeah, and it and like sort of a like prospect. My process for evaluating prospects for for dynasty is is kind of always evolving, and uh, there definitely was a run there um, where I was overvaluing uh, those teenagers especially like the international guys who uh because we had just we just kind of come off of that uh Juan Soto Acuna mm. Tatis like where you want to be out in front on a guy right. that didn't yeah. have the pedigree necessarily or didn't have all the buzz and was just rocketing up the way right and it's just uh like there are always going to be those guys you know like like Wander Franco happened just last year right so like mm-hmm. there are always going to be those types of guys uh, but I think I over I started overrating the best international signees um, before they had really proven it um, and so I think you it's okay to be um, a little cautious with with some of these guys um, and it's and it's also the gap like because they got rid of all those short season leagues you're just going to keep seeing a ton of these guys go from complex ball to low A and really struggle because it's just such a massive gap. Um, like the pitching, like the pitching in the complex leagues is just terrible. Mm. So um, anyone that has any sort of hand-eye coordination and power is going to be able to put up crazy numbers there. So um, we just got to kind of be careful to not look at those complex league numbers and assume that it's just going to keep carrying over. Isn't the complex league a little bit different now than it was uh, before they they slimmed down um, the minor leagues? Aren't isn't it a little bit more crowded? Uh, do they have new rules about how many people can be down there? Because there there was a whole deal um, where they just you know eliminated uh, you know basically a team a minor league team per, per organization almost and uh, and you know I'd I'd heard from people oh they're just going to throw all those kids down in the complex league and. The D-backs apparently had, you know, like 60 people down in their complex or something. Uh, yeah, are, they, are they tightening those rules or or is it pretty crowded down there? Or what's the complex league right, like right now? Um, well, there's some teams. It's it's kind of different, like team to team. Like some teams are just really, really invested in um, in that, uh, that level and just having um, a bunch of players there and uh other teams like uh like the the rockies uh never had a they never had a complex team like it was they had the dsl and then they had the i, I can safely league. say don't do what the rockies do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i can't t- i can't tell has it worked out for the d-backs is there have there been some shining jewels that have come out of the complex league recently where we've been like oh yeah it's great that we had 80 people down there um Hmm. Let me see. Like it, they, they've well, Ed, Davison De Los Santos um, was kind of a, a big deal. Uh, he was a 2019 J2 guy. Um, uh-huh. uh, Christian Robinson would have kind of been a big deal if, if he hadn't. And Christian Robinson, maybe they were allowed. They maybe they could like you know there was a whole there was a whole like personal angle on that's that's Robinson right where he had yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff he's going on so maybe it allowed them a kind of a place to bring him back into the fold you know yeah, complex I, I, leagues like they 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 feed you and stuff right mm-hmm. so it's like you know they're not just like hey you know you're living in modesto now <laughs> and i think i think a lot of these these uh they just want to sort of have their guys all around and they might not all be like active um, in terms of playing in the, the games, but or they're on the roster quote unquote. Yeah. They're, they're, they're always sort of scrimmaging down there and stuff too. So like um, I think it's just, you know, be it, be at our facility. That's, that's where they have all the sort of 
high-end um, developmental tools and stuff, and they've got all the the dietitians and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. like, they want as many of those guys there as as they can uh, handle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think generally, you know, pick up those, those high A pop-ups, uh, low A pop-ups, complex league pop-ups, but don't, uh, don't fall in love too much, but you know, it is still kind of difficult to kind of, you know, I, I think of Jeremy Pena, you know, like he's doing so well right now. What was, what did, what was Pena doing on your, on your rankings as he came up? Like how did, did he slip between the cracks or was he always prominent? Like, you know, is he, you know, how old is he right now? Uh, he's 24. Uh, a nice a, thing that we a little bit older than you know than other guys. So that would have taken some of the ceiling, quote unquote, off of him for some rankers, you know. So he was. We I have every prospect uh, on their player page has like a graph where I can go and see where I had them ranked. Um, and so Pena was uh, around 300 back in 2019, uh, got up to like 200, uh, the off season between 2019, 2020. Um, then he came off the rankings during the pandemic year. Uh, like he was, he's a really good example of, um, a player who legitimately made themselves a better player, um, when nobody was watching basically, uh, mm. like he, he remade his body like like he just showed up uh in 2021 and, and then he was injured in 2021 too but like he he showed up um, so much more power yeah yeah he added a ton of good good weight uh during the pandemic and so he got so much better and we didn't really know. I mean, the Astros obviously knew, but we didn't necessarily know how much yeah, better he got. Twenty twenty one, yeah. <laughs> and then he, then he even showed up like after he got healthy in twenty twenty one. You know, he he put up really good numbers, but like if you look at his like K to walk in AAA last year, like it wasn't that good. Uh, and and already was, at that point, he's twenty three. You know. Yeah, yeah. So he was. Um, let's see. So, like, at the end of last year, I had him uh, 147, uh, which was the highest point I'd ever had him. But I didn't bump him inside my top 100 until um, this past winter when you started seeing a lot of buzz about uh, this is going to be a guy that has a chance to break camp. And then um, I had him top 30. Uh, before opening day but even that wasn't high enough um Mm. you know i think just getting when it's a when it's a proximity guy who um is as productive as he is i mean like you really can't put a price on that especially rebuilding but like i mean that's what a lot of teams major league teams are trading for right like they want they want a guy who's kind of popped up a little bit but not a high a they want the guy who's popped up and is doing it at triple a or double a Right, and because you just have go. so much more confidence in the, the reality skills. of those numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, they, like I think a, that's what the A's do most of the time. The A's just like, oh, that guy who's just putting up good numbers this last year in Double A. You know, like we'll take him, Kevin Smith. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they went. I mean, they went and traded for just a ton of uh, low pedigree pitchers who had put up good numbers at Triple A, yes. and then they just <laughs> sort of hoped that like maybe two of the five would turn into like back-end starters for him yeah yeah they're they're they look really uh really weird through the uh, lens of the of pitching plus and stuff plus like uh Loesch has uh really interesting stuff plus and, and no command aller has one uh one major league pitch it looks like the slider uh and i'm not sure that he can even they command the rest, but he has this reputation as a strike thrower. So it's just like a really weird collection of arms that they put together. And yet, if I look at the guys that they've made it, that have made it in their rotation and are quote unquote, like good options now, I'm like, what? Like, but I don't think Paul Blackburn is good. Is Paul Blackburn good? Uh, I hope he's good. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I, you you I, put some money on him in labor. I, I uh, I think I bid like twenty eight on him, and I or I, I got him for twenty six in labor, and uh, the next closest bid was like six or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that you was, needed, a, that was you, a rookie you need the pitching. Is that what you're saying? Or no, you have the pitching. 
I yeah, I'm I have too much pitching. Like I, I have uh Winder and Clay Holmes on my bench and I can't really plug them in. Uh but I need I'm I'm short a couple bats. Uh so I've got bats. But uh, you know, I yeah, Blackbird is Cole Irvin good? You know, like they're it's they're weird. If you watch them too, you're like I um I don't know, like they they have pitches. But are I any think, of them really I think good? Blackburn's got plus plus Moxie. Um. <laughs> Moxie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I mean, I I do think that they have a lot of pitches. Urban and Blackburn have a lot of pitches, and I think they have decent command of those pitches. And so, I mean, if if, if pitching is like keeping people off balance, then at least they start with those things. I just sometimes wonder if they have like the pitch they need for that out you know what i mean or that swing that strikeout you know uh i don't i don't necessarily see that but you know it's it's really interesting to like put that up against matt brash right because if you are like in love with the the kind of the stuff plus and the pitching plus model you're like oh matt brash you know like he has a 190 slider i've never seen that before like this is amazing (laughs) uh and you fall in love with him and uh and then he doesn't have moxie he has minus Right. Yeah. (laughs) He does. Um, He has like. Then you're like, well, maybe he only has one breaking ball, and he really didn't command it. You know. Um, And I, I even talked myself into him because of, uh, you know, like we'd sort of seen like, uh, like Denilson Lamette and Tyler Glasnow and guys like that. um, Yeah. Dominate big league hitters with the two monster pitches. um, Yeah. And then. Now it's, and then that that kind of it the the interesting test case I think is going to be Max Meyer to some degree uh, because he's got a he's probably got a better changeup than um, Brash and he's got better command than Brash but he's still uh, really reliant on how good that that slider is and how good his fastball is. Uh, so I think that'll that'll be a really interesting test case to sort of see how he does over the span of like 12, 20 starts. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. Hey Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get direct TV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream direct TV over the internet now. Oh sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream direct TV without a satellite dish. Visit directtv.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, well, that was a really good segue. Uh, I do have a piece coming out tomorrow about minor league numbers. I have minor league stuff numbers for uh, the PCL that where Max Meyer is. Uh, what was your line about the PCL though? How many how many top pitching uh, projects does the PCL have? Yeah, yeah, you were you were like I, we're only gonna go <clears throat> we're not gonna go past like the top ten or so because I gotta leave something on the bone. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> you don't know how much I'm leaving on the bone. Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, uh, Max Meyer, uh, the slider, one twenty four stuff plus, uh, uh, one ten location, like. That looks perfect. He knows where to put it. It's a really good slider. 
the, what I like is the fastball has a 109 stuff plus 91 location. So maybe there's some fastball command issues, but uh, it's also a, a couple of starts of information. So I don't think um, I, I'm ready to run for the hills yet, but the changeup has good stuff plus. Uh, so I, I, I see the, the possibility there for a three pitch guy. The uh, top 10 uh, for, uh, and I put no minimums on it because uh, there just frankly aren't a lot of guys who pitch a lot of innings. Um, and uh, so the number one uh, PCL stuff plus is Blake Snell. <laughs> That's cheating. Uh, and then actually there's some names on here that are just awful. Uh, Cesar Valdez is second. Yes, that Cesar Valdez. Um, I could see actually how he doesn't have great uh, uh, pitching plus. It's uh, great stuff plus, okay location, not great pitching. Uh, bad platoon splits because it's all that fosh, right? Like he probably might even have like reverse platoon splits where, you know, he's got that changeup, but what can he do to get same handed guys out? And somehow they're trying to turn him into a starter. So I just, I think that's kind of hilarious. Um, then uh, Brian Mitchell, who I don't know who that is. Uh, Hunter Brown, you had uh, something to say about. We'll return to him real quickly. Tyler Thomas, Max Meyer, Kelvin Nunez. Ryan Pepio and Mackenzie Gore and Matthew Libertori end up the top 10. Uh, but uh, Hunter Brown and Ryan Pepio, you thought, uh, had uh, similar profiles, if not. I mean, nobody throws uh, the Ryan Pepio screw slider changeup thing that he throws. But there's something similar between Hunter Brown and Ryan Pepio. Yeah, they, <clears throat> they have uh, just really – they seem like classic uh, – two to three inning relievers uh, most likely to me uh, like Pepio just that first outing couldn't have been more kind of textbook uh, like he just he'll give you like a pitching ninja gif and then he'll walk half the guys he faces uh, and like Brown's kind of the same way um, but you were saying that uh, the command uh numbers you have on brown are, are better than Pepio, so maybe he's uh t- like he he's still walking too many guys obviously but um you know maybe maybe he can get by uh with sort of a, an elevated walk rate what uh, organization is he in uh houston uh well you know the nice thing about houston is they have some um you know, uh, I think that they were doing some of what the Rays were doing with the one target. Um, you know, with Glassnow, they had one target for Glassnow where he just, you know, always hit that one target. And if it's a curveball, it just works off that target down. Um, and so maybe there's some things that Houston can do uh, to get the most out of Brown. But also, uh, Houston will be fine with a two inning pitcher too, and like they, yeah. they they might just use him as that because that's going to get them to their championship, right? So uh, there's a kind of a double edged sword sometimes with the smart organizations. Um, I wonder uh, if Pepio will make it. The, I think the name that really pops for me, and and it's I think it's cool that Gore and Liberator um, have uh, some similarities, and in, in that they both have uh, above average location plus uh, top ten stuff plus in the PCL. Um, and, uh, you know, lefties that have had like kind of an up and down, uh, run in prospect lists and, and just like, you know, uh, what people think of them. Um, and, uh, so I think this makes me more bullish on Matthew Libertor because Gore has come into the major leagues. And I think he's shown a good fastball with good shape, uh, and good velo, um, a, a slider that looks like a major league slider that he can command and then two pitches, he can work on, you know, like obviously the changeup, I think has good shape and used to be his, one of his out, like maybe his out pitch, but uh, he isn't commanding it well at the major league level. So I would say, you know, find a way to command that changeup better. And, uh, and you've got a three pitch pitcher and it's going to work out. So I, I am because of these numbers, more bullish on Matthew Libertor. Where do you, where do you stand on him? Yeah, he's, he's been trending up for me for, uh, over for about a year uh the the fastball i think i i wrote him off a little bit um because it's a sinker yeah i mean it's just uh not ideal um from a velocity or shape standpoint but uh 
he's really improved the rest of his arsenal and uh, like his sliders gotten to be really good. And uh, he's, you know, he knows how to pitch. Like he's definitely a starter. Um, and I, I mean, you couldn't, like I've said this, I think I've said this a couple of times, but like you couldn't ask for a better situation for a pitching prospect to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cause you just, you have everything there, right? Like you have easy access to that rotation. You have just a perfect division, great ballpark. Park, yeah. yeah. Like it's just, it's really nice. So, um, you know, if, if a pitching prospect with any potential comes up through the Cardinals org this year, I'm going to be excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could see either Dakota Hudson. I mean, Dakota Hudson, I, I just don't get, I can't believe that for his career, he's had 280 innings with a 318 ERA with the pitches he has like I, and the command he has like he has minus minus command minus stuff. I mean, just look it, at his, like his swing strike rates, his strikeout rates. Like I don't get it. It's cause uh, he's got a 58% ground ball rate. And yeah. he just, he he walks a guy and then he gets a double play. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's it. Just seems unsustainable. Like the things that we know about major league pitching are that like K minus BB is like one of the most powerful things, and he has like a three K minus BB. The average is, is like thirteen. So it's like, yeah, I don't I don't get it. Uh, so I feel like Dakota Hudson can implode uh, or get injured. He's also been oft injured in his career. Um, Stephen Matz uh, has been oft injured and uh, is imploding. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, Wainwright is old and Michaelis is old. So I feel like he, he might be, and then Hicks has been injured. So I know Verhagen is on that roster, but I, I kind of feel like Libertor might be, uh, or he's not on the roster. He's, he's rehabbing a hip. I bet you that's a phantom rehab. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I feel like he's, he's knocking on the doorstep. So that's a fun one. You know, um, fastball shape is, is a tough one. I think, I think it's really hard to see, you know, when you're, when you're like, you kind of need to be behind home plate. And even when you are, um, I think like I was just even talking to some scouts about this recently, like, uh, that ride and jump. Like the difference between a pitch that's just straight and doesn't have ride and a pitch that is straight and has and has ride, I think is just really hard to see with your eyeballs. So you think you see I like I think I can see it better from the like from behind. TV angle. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like um like I I actually prefer when I'm like video scouting a pitcher, I prefer the TV angle than the I had a hitter told me that he preferred to prepare for pitchers from behind the, from the TV angle. Yeah. I, I just think you can see better what the stuff does, like and sort of how it plays off each other. Like the pitches play off each other better. Mm. Um, but I, and you, and you get a, I think you get a better sense of command from that angle too, but I, because mm, you, you can, can see, see the, target. the catcher. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, but I don't know. But do do you think that uh, the fastball shape is 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 one of the more difficult things to scout? Totally. I mean, well, like if you get reliable data on the like spin and stuff, then it makes it easier, right? Um, I know. I don't. I know. There's sort of debates about how reliable that stuff um, that that people get their hands on is, but um, I don't know. I mean, I think you can the hitters will kind of tell you like almost like just sort of how um, tough it is to, to square up the, the fastball. Um, but I mean, yeah, uh, you could maybe see like pop-ups. Like if it is a high ride fastball, you start to see pop-ups or you sort of like, see like hitters kind of like, you know, not swing it or like, or like, you know, kind of do some body language maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see some, uh, I did see a track man for Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, and uh, the, best comp for the fastball is Kevin Gaussman. Uh, and then he has a changeup that almost nobody is throwing. It has like uh, 14 inches vertical separation off of the fastball and 14 miles per hour difference, difference, which like that makes me a little bit nervous because a lot of the guys who had that plus changeups like that are like, Honeywell, Faria, Cotton, you know, like that are both plus velocity differential and movement differential. 
but the curveball had 30 inches uh, drop off of the fastball uh, and uh, it was it was hard and like so I don't know. I think that even if his changeup isn't as amazing, uh, you know, he's got he looked like he had legit four pitches and was sitting like 96, 97. So who who uh, just off of like your info, who do you like more out of Grayson and Max Meyer? I've, I have seen the the underlying numbers for both of them. Uh, I'm going to go with, with uh, Grayson because he's throwing four pitches. Uh, and he's throwing them regularly. And that's kind of what I like. You know, when I was saying about Gore is like he's there's only two pitches that really rate above average in the model and that are like solid major league pitches. But I'm happy he throws the curve and the change, even if they aren't great. Because think about that conversation we were just having about Cole Irvin versus Matt Brash, right? Like Matt Brash doesn't even try to throw the other stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. he's already he's already narrowed it down. He already knows. These are the two pitches, you know, and that's what I've got. So I'd rather have a guy who made it all the way to the major leagues with four pitches, even if maybe later he focuses on three, because it just, it tells me that he's got a wider arsenal he's got a wider, he's got more chances at it too. Let's say the changeup is weird, Well, he's still got the curveball and slider. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not, it, it's not all going to depend on, on one pitch. Whereas I think with Meyer, uh, you know, if he doesn't throw the changeup, then it'll be fastball slider, you know, and then there's, we've seen some, some weakness on fastball slider guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a fun, uh, you know, juxtapose. Um, Cause I, I think it's possible you see Meyer and Rodriguez debut like the same week. Babalooza. Um, mm, like, yeah. No, it, it's, that's what I'm hoping for. Like I'm hoping, and we honestly, you might see like, you might see Libertor up like they, they could all three uh, come up kind of around and the, the same time. And the sneaky play here, like reading between the lines on our, on our, on our, our analysis here, the sneaky play might be to not do the like $250 bid on uh, Grayson Rodriguez. Keep it, keep it in the pants. Even if you think Grayson Rodriguez is the best, do like a $120 bid on him and then 115 on Max Meyer and 111 on, on Matthew Libertor. Maybe you end up with Matthew Libertor for 111, but they're closer than people might think. I mean, that's, that's what the underlying stats are saying. Yeah. I mean, I think you're Libertor does have the worst fastball. I do have it done by pitch and it's an 86 stuff plus fastball. So like he does have the worst fastball of the group. Yeah. You, you kind of, it's tough because you run the risk like with Libertor, it's possible that he's just a guy that you only feel comfortable starting against the pirates and the Cubs. And, <laughs> uh, then like with, with Meyer and Rodriguez and then like George Kirby, like, I think you should feel pretty good about like, I can just kind of leave this guy in my lineup um, and just hope that they stay healthy. Yeah. That's a big difference. I mean, I, I definitely have Libertor third, but I, I think there might be a, a sneaky play there. Or the, sneak, the sneaky play is, is is Max Meyer, you know, bidding a little bit less on Meyer than Rodriguez and, and winning Meyer uh, because they're, there's a lot to like about all three of them. But um, I think anyway. Meyer, like Meyer's, Meyer's slider, I just wanted to get your take on really quick because I, I just, can you, does it um, remind you of any other sliders? Because like it, to me, it's kind of just this like, unicorn slider almost in terms of its shape and its velocity like it's just yeah the, no, the it, vertical drop on it is just crazy yeah it's uh it, it's uh it is a crazy it is a crazy slider I was, I'm, I'm looking here i thought i had um uh, uh, huh i thought i had a, a comp here in my yeah anyway um yeah, I don't, I don't have, I don't have for it because it has, it has good. It's like all sorts of movement, right? Like it's, it's, uh, you know, I think it's, I, th- and it's funny too because the, 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 the scouting has just been like, this guy's great on the slider. Like this guy's slider's great, you know. Yeah, um, and, and it's just, uh, it's just kind of like the perfect. It's like the perfect slider. Like if I were to just give someone a slider, um, yeah, so I wonder. I- if the the model has something to say about this, this what's funny is that um, on uh, on the in the model, um, so pitching plus does not uh, uh, stuff plus does not look at um, 
uh, at uh, platoon splits. Okay. Um, and then pitching plus does. Um, I don't know if that was the right decision, and we may revisit it. But the idea is like just look at which shapes work, and then pitching plus can say, is that a shape that has a platoon risk? Right. And I wouldn't think that his does. And it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of uh, you know, the the pitching the stuff plus on it is one twenty four and the pitching plus is one twenty three. So it looks uh it looks like it uh it, it doesn't have uh the, the platoon splits. Um so uh, like for example, just to compare, Matthew Libertor's slider has a one twenty six stuff plus and a one oh seven pitching plus. Mm. So that that has more of a platoon split. That's more of a traditional slider. So uh, that's a, there's something to tease out there, but um, so it may not be that risky. Also, right, if he's just fastball slider and it and it doesn't have platoon splits. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard. Uh, I I had uh, uh, Nate Handy on my podcast uh, yesterday, and he was saying that like the the slider just destroys lefties. Um, so he like uh, I think that the changeup is still nice to have as a, just a, to keep guys off balance and stuff, but. Um, and he will throw like it's not he's not going to throw his changeup. But um, what's your organizational yeah. read there too? Because he's not on the forty man yet, and Eduard Cabrera is. Eduard Cabrera is behind him in terms of uh, bulk and 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 just being mm-hmm. pitching on the season, um, you know. But and they don't really necessarily have a quote unquote need. Uh, I don't know. I, I my read was like maybe if it's a injury like a short term injury, it's Cabrera. Uh, but if they're making a real change in the rotation, like for example, Elizier Hernandez is out of the rotation, then I think if it's a real change in the in the, it might be Meyer. Yeah, you know, I I uh, I was talking to Craig Mish about this uh, a few weeks ago, and he he's pretty plugged he thinks, in there. Yeah, he thinks that Edward Cabrera might be a guy that they shop, um, um, and so maybe I don't know whether it would help or hurt his trade value if you bring him up and he like, I don't know, maybe you just want to keep him like putting up really good numbers at triple a or something. Um, like, I don't, I don't think anyone would fault them for just going with Meyer. I mean, he's like, what, what could he possibly be learning at right now at triple a, like triple a hitters just have no chance against that stuff. So, uh, I would be tempted to just get him up while he's healthy. Um, and then Cabrera, you know, I don't think there'd be anything wrong with letting him build up as well, just because he's missed time with injuries and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two starts injuries plus the command isn't looking good yet. So, I mean, if, if it's about winning games, it's Meyer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's gotta, it, it's gotta be about winning games for that team. Um, yeah. Given what they to... did in the off season. Right. And they're and you know, they're 14 and 17 with expanded playoffs. Like they can, they can convince themselves like they've got a shot at it. So, you can't waste this jazz season. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, that uh, I I think that hopefully that helps some people uh, the way they think about their dynasty teams, uh, the way they think about prospects, uh, the way that they they go and uh, uh, get a rotowire subscription and read your rankings when they come out. <laughs> um, but uh, I think we're we're going to wrap that this up uh here, uh, well, I did want to do one. Would you rather, real quick? This is just a random uh, one bonus for anybody who stuck around. Uh, would you rather? Would you rather James Tyon or Alex Cobb? Uh, for me, it's Cobb pretty easily, but I, like it would have been close if it was uh, Angels Cobb versus Tyon, but Giants <laughs> Cobb. Like, 95, I'm, 96. I'm obsessed with like Cobb's. It's just so pretty watching his uh, fastball and his his splitter. Like it's just so, and the curveball is good too. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really in, like I if Cobb can just stay healthy from here, I really think he's gonna just be a, a monster the rest of the way. Uh, taking nothing away from Tyon, I just think the strikeouts are gonna be separated. There. Yeah, I just talked to Cobb. And it's funny. He said that everybody tell, tells him he needs to throw his curveball more. My model says his curveball is good. He goes out and he shoves yesterday. And he throws ten curveballs. <laughs> so I feel like there's even like a, you know, oh, you're seeing me a second time. Hey, how about 25 curveballs today? 
Um, so I think I think the curveball is good enough for him to like you know kind of get through the line lineups teams again. Uh, you know who are kind of prepping for the splitter. But uh, also, who's going to win labor? Uh, well, uh, you have a <laughs> you have a you have a twenty seven standings points <clears throat> lead. We'll see. There's also five months to go. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I I was asking you before we started recording, like what like what your true talent level is, because like I I don't I'm looking at my offense. I don't think I can get to the. I don't even think I can get to triple digits. You're at one ten. I'm at eighty three. So I I need you to kind of give half of that back i don't think i can make up more than half of it rest of the season. yeah i was saying i don't i don't really have an over performer i mean if you think brandon marsh can't hit 264 i guess he might come down josh Naylor's not going to hit 347 um but uh, i also have a surplus with kyle lewis coming back so I, hopefully i make the right moves oh, i would maybe like to... maybe I, I can bank on like a josh Naylor steroid suspension or something <laughs> 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 Don't start that. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the the embarrassing thing is that I think this is like my tenth or eleventh year in labor, and the reason that's embarrassing is just by the friggin' numbers, I should have won one by now. <laughs> there are twelve people in labor. <laughs> I have a one in twelve chance every year. Yes, they're all they're all really good, uh, and I. And I hope this is my year, uh, and you can have next year. Yeah, I mean you're super due. Uh, yeah, super due. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cold at the plate. Um, but uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, hope to see you. I, I just I'll see you at the Arizona Fall League. Worst case scenario. Uh, but uh, let me know if you come through uh, around here uh, and enjoy this Bucks ride uh, through the playoffs and. Uh, uh, for those of you listening, there's a, you can uh, subscribe, uh, like, and subscribe, please. Uh, barrel up on that like button. That's something that Derek says. Uh, barrel up on that like button on YouTube, please. Uh, subscribe, like, and review wherever you can do such things. Uh, there's a $1 deal if you follow uh, uh, theathletic.com slash rates and barrels. Uh, James Anderson, what is your – I don't have your uh, your Twitter handle in front of me. Uh, real J.R. Anderson. That's right. Real. That's he's James Anderson's real J.R. Anderson on Twitter. I am Eno Saris. Uh, and that's that will wrap things up for us. Back with you next week. Thankfully, with Derek Van Riper in the fold. Thanks for coming on, James. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, man. This was great. Thanks for listening. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.